present Martha Lane, nationally known authority on foods and equipment. Homemakers depend on the accurate and reliable information given in these radio talks. For over a long period of time, millions of women have found these ideas and plans are practical and usable. Mrs. Lane also is a homemaker, testing out recipes and housekeeping suggestions in her own modern kitchen. You are invited into Martha Lane's kitchen by way of your radio while Mrs. Lane talks with you. Today, we find her in the kitchen discussing the problems of everyday foods turned into company meals. And here is Martha Lane. Thank you, Mr. Whitney. And to all of you, welcome to our kitchen. In greeting you today, may we tell you about this modern home kitchen in which we are working. The Martha Lane Kitchen has been established as an up-to-date workshop, a test kitchen, a place in which we can accurately work out recipes, the best use of modern equipment and other homemaking suggestions, and select those which we believe will produce better food, save time, and help you get out of the kitchen to have time for companionship with your family. In doing this, we trust we can be of service and real help to you. Homemaking, you know, is a business, and we need constantly to replenish and to add new ideas for our work. That is especially true today when there are so many revolutionary ways of cooking and housekeeping possible to us. That, in just a few words, is the aim and ideal we have in presenting the kitchen of today. We decided to talk about everyday food turned into company meals because of an incident that happened last week when my neighbor, Mrs. Sinclair, asked me to help her solve this same problem. Here's how it happened. Hello? Hello, Ruth. Yes, Dad. Say, I've been following the house trying to reach you. Well, I picked up the children and stopped by the market. Fine. Say, Bob Dale's in town. I'm bringing him out for dinner. Well, Jack, you can't do that. I haven't planned for it. That's fine, Ruth. Bob says he can hardly wait to get the good home-cooked meal. Oh, is Bob there? Is that why you're paying no attention to what I'm saying? Fine, Ruth. Yes, Bob's right here. I'll tell him how delighted you are that he's coming. Well, Jack, I don't know what I can do. Okay, we'll be home about the usual time. So long. Goodbye. <laughs> well, after this telephone conversation, there was a distracted young wife appealing to me for help, for Bob Dale was an official of her husband's business. First, we took the menu as she had planned it, and then we turned it into the company meal. Today, Mrs. Sinclair is here in the kitchen, and we'd like to prepare this dinner for you. Uh, Ruth, what was the menu you first planned for the family dinner? I had planned for the family a cut of chucked meat potatoes, cabbage, grated carrot salad, and a dessert of canned peaches with fresh cookies I had made. I believe we'll agree that's a good family dinner, but we can understand why Ruth wanted to dress it up for this special guest. Well, I was worried about two things, the meat and the cabbage. First, let's talk about the meat. What cut did you purchase, Ruth? A chuck steak. I believe you originally planned to brown the meat Add some water to it and then just let it simmer until tender, isn't that right? Yes, that's the way I usually make it. Later, we'll prepare the chuck steak here at our work table, as Ruth did for the company dinner. 
Well, the men liked the steak so well that Jack begged me to have it again soon. That, after all, is the real test of any recipe, isn't it? If the family asks for it again. Now, we have all of the foods for this dinner here in our kitchen. And in just a few minutes, we'll tell you how this family meal was turned into a company dinner. Now we return you to Martha Lane's kitchen. We have our work table set up here before the microphone, and we're ready to prepare for you this dinner as I had planned it with my neighbor, Mrs. Ruth Sinclair. And Ruth, will you read the recipe while I prepare the meat? The recipe states, purchase desired amount of chuck steak from better grade of meat. There's an important point to remember in purchasing meat, and that is there are different grades of meat just as there are different grades of cloth. In purchasing a chuck steak for this method, you'll get the best results from a cut of a good grade of beef. Well, Mrs. Lane, what impressed me about the meat was that when it was finished, it tasted and looked just like an expensive broiled steak. That's true, it does. We have the chuck steak here. This one that we've purchased weighs three pounds. The recipe states to wipe the meat with a damp cloth. And of course, that's step number one in the preparation of all meat as it comes into the kitchen. Wipe the meat with a damp cloth. I have the chuck steak ready. Season with condiment sauce. For this seasoning, use any type of condiment or steak sauce that you prefer. I'm rubbing the sauce here into the surface of the chuck steak, and I'll put it on both sides. Mrs. Lane, didn't you mention that if I had time, the steak should stand for a while with the sauce on it? That's true. That allows it to absorb more of the, of the uh, seasoning. In fact, if you have the time, allow it to stand for a couple of hours in the refrigerator. The recipe also states to add salt and pepper. Today, I'm using the garlic salt. That's just a matter of your own preference, whether you think you'd like that seasoning or not. Well, I used the garlic salt, as you suggested, and both of the men commented on the flavor of the steak. Too much garlic is objectionable, but a small amount does give a very elusive flavor in the foods. The recipe states to place the chuck steak in a shallow pan. I'm using one of the baking pans, which is large enough for the chuck steak. We're, we're having to turn just a bit down here at the end of the steak. That'll be all right, though. 
And the sides of the pan, I'd say, or about an inch or inch and a half high. I noticed that you greased the pan. Yes. You may either grease the pan a bit to keep it f- uh, the meat from sticking, or if you have a rack, put the meat on that. You mean just a very shallow rack? Mm-hmm. One that will just lift the meat off the bottom of the pan. The recipe next states to place the chuck steak in a moderately slow oven of 325 degrees. Our oven is turned on. The temperature control is set at 325 degrees. That's a moderately slow oven. And now we're going to place this pan of the chuck steak on the lower rack in the oven. Now, let me see. Oh, yes. The recipe says bake the chuck steak at 325 degrees, allowing 40 minutes per pound. We have a three-pound steak, and it takes 40 minutes to the pound. Now, let's see. That's a total of 120 minutes, if my arithmetic is correct, or two hours for the baking of the chuck steak. Well, I was very interested because it isn't necessary to do anything else to the meat. Mm, That's right. You just put it into the oven and forget it. That's all there is to do to it until you're ready to serve it. Well, I thought you always had to add water to meat when you were roasting it in the oven. No. You see, that's one of the old ideas which we've now proved to be wrong. Low temperature roasting in an open pan and no water is the method for baking expensive roasts or the less expensive cuts such as this chuck steak. Later on, in our discussions from our kitchen, we'll discuss all of these points for cooking meats because they are so important in obtaining the full flavor from the meat. You know, gone are the days of the dried-up, half-burned roast. And now for the rest of our dinner. Well, I put the potatoes into the oven, as you said. You know, I never thought you baked potatoes at that low temperature. It takes one hour for medium-sized potatoes to be baked at 325 degrees. 10 to 15 minutes longer for large potatoes. And now for the cabbage. I see you're very anxious to talk about the cabbage. Well, I am, Mrs. Lane, because the idea was a revelation to me. Well, I knew Jack uh, would perhaps not like that um, cabbage if you uh, uh, had it cooking when he came in. But you can't blame him for that. Now, we'll go ahead and prepare this cabbage for you while the steak is cooking. Of course, in your own home, you'd wait until later to cook the cabbage. Well, I have the recipe here. Will you read it for me while I prepare it? Shred desired amount of cabbage. I'm leaving the amount to your own judgment because it will vary according to the size of your family. Cut the core from the head of the cabbage. Remove the outside leaves. Then with a sharp knife, just cut across the head of the cabbage in rather uniform slices. And of course, these little slices will break up into shreds or strips as you pick them up. Have kettle of boiling salted water. The water is boiling in the kettle here on the stove. Drop the shredded cabbage into the boiling water. Now, don't add the cabbage all at one time. It takes too long for the water to come back to the boil. Just add it gradually. Cook cabbage five to seven minutes in the boiling water. My personal preference is from three to five minutes, never over five minutes. You may like the cabbage cooked a little bit longer, but don't use more than seven minutes. Drain and serve dressed with melted butter. At the end of five minutes, Lift the cabbage from the boiling water and serve dressed with melted butter. And you have a delightful vegetable, one which has given off no odor in cooking, and cabbage prepared in this way can take its place in any company meal. Mrs. Lane, we served the same salad which I had planned, except you suggested seasoning the grated carrot with a bit of orange juice and grated orange rind. Yes, you'll find the orange juice and a bit of the orange rind adds a great deal to the flavor of the grated raw carrots. And now for the dessert. 
I had planned canned peaches and freshly made cookies. But we dressed up those peaches, didn't we? Yes, and I have the can of peach halves here ready for you to use. That's fine. Now, I'm placing these peaches in an oblong pan, and into the cavity of each, I'm adding a teaspoonful of strawberry preserves. I used apricot preserves. You use any flavor, really. I've also made up the meringue okay. here. I'm placing a spoonful of the meringue over the top of the peaches. Now, this meringue is made just as a pie meringue. You may add a few chopped nuts or coconut if you wish. The recipe you gave me said that per peach meringues bake 25 minutes in the moderately slow oven of 325 degrees. The time is the same at which the meat is cooking. We'll place the peaches on the rack about halfway up in the oven until dawn, about 25 minutes at 325 degrees. Mrs. Lane, I can't tell you how happy Jack was when I served that dinner. And yet, you were able to use the same foods purchased for the everyday meal. Also, you had time to get into a becoming frock, have the table set, and what was most important, meet Jack and the unexpected guest at the door with a genuine smile of welcome. You have heard Martha Lane, a nationally known consultant of foods and equipment, in a talk from the Martha Lane Kitchen entitled... Everyday foods turned into company meals. <laughs>